Greetings and welcome to The Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It is time once again to bring the orange with today's special guest from the Flash Array product marketing team. That is Bright, our director of FA product marketing, Michael Leeworthy. Michael, welcome. Well, thanks very much, Rob. Thank you for having me here. It's a blast. I've been wanting to get you on the show and I'm excited because I think you mark the second Aussie that we've had on the program. I think our friend Craig Waters has been on a few times. So we're, we're helping with some of the diversity there and getting an international flavor and everybody gets to listen to your wonderful accent, which sounds way better than, than my California drone. <laughs> the Australians were taking over the world slowly. Trust me. Well, slowly, <laughs> slowly. Really. It, just, it, just, it took it took a hundred years to figure out how to get off that island. I think that was yeah, the, yeah um, absolutely you know, the big challenge. Well, welcome aboard. And um, what what's how much time you've been now at Pure? It seems like a long time, but I you know it's dog years, right? Yeah, it, it feels like a very long time, but I think you know it's about eight months. Um, so it's a. Uh, it's a long time, short time. I was actually talking to uh, to a couple of colleagues yesterday, and I went, "Oh wow, I've done three launches in eight months." So, uh, so it definitely feels like like uh, that's a couple of years of kudos there. That is, that's like three years, but uh, but they've all been really great launches, and that's oh, yeah. one of them that we'll talk about and we'll rehash on on fusion and kind of the status there. But uh, give us your background a little bit, where you come from. I know you you spent a little time at, at at Veeam with a few of those colleagues, and 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 really cut your teeth in and around a lot of different interesting areas at uh, at Microsoft. How'd you get started off there? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Microsoft was always the dream goal. Um, all right. When I uh, was coming through high school and and university, you know, like Microsoft, you're either, you know, especially in university, you're either Linux oriented or, or, or yeah. Windows oriented. And I sort of fell on the Windows side. Um, apparently I wasn't a cool kid. And, uh, and um, you know, I just fell in love with the tech. And I went, wow, this is the company I, I want to go work for. And was lucky enough to actually get a job with Microsoft pretty much straight out of university. And uh so I worked through Sydney for a little while um, in sales, tech sales. And so I was, you know, a pre-sales consultant, tech specialist. And uh, it was really funny, actually. My, uh, my account manager um, you know, sat me down one day. You know, we do <clears throat> like annual reviews and stuff like that. Sat me down one day. He goes, you talk too much for a tech specialist. Just go work in marketing. <laughs> so, and literally that's how I started working in marketing. You know, my background is engineering. Um, so, um, um, so yeah, I, I, I was given the opportunity to start product marketing in windows server in Australia and then given the opportunity to do windows server globally out of Redmond, uh, which was just, just amazing. And that's where I got my first love of storage. Um, you know, uh, working with many storage vendors at that, that time, um, across the various editions of windows server and, and then the then sort of the, the movement into Azure and Azure management services. And I, I worked there for a very long time, but uh, you know, we, uh, we had three boys and we found our boys were getting uh, waterlogged um, quite a yeah. lot. Yeah. And so it was time to move. And I, I lived in Redmond. I literally lived three miles from campus, which is wonderful for me, but um, <laughs> we decided to, uh, to move place someplace sunnier and uh and thought that was a you know good opportunity to to also to uh, look at other opportunities outside of Microsoft as well. And uh, we literally uh, threw a dart on a dartboard and hit Texas. And who doesn't want to live in Texas? Yeah, everybody, don't mess with Texas. Everybody. Uh, we Texas. we landed in Austin, Texas, and I, I assumed Austin, Texas was was going to be like Phoenix, going to be the desert. And I'm like, oh my god, it's subtropical here. Like, who would know? 
should have done a little bit of research. But uh, yeah, I uh, had some great colleagues at Microsoft that also had spread their wings and um, and I got offered a great opportunity at Veeam uh, leading up their enterprise marketing and uh, loved every minute of it, like getting into data protection, modern data protection, cloud data management. And that just taught me so much more of, uh, in, especially in the data protection storage world. And that led me into Pure. Yeah, and we're lucky to have you, particularly with that background, right? Have, I mean, at Veeam, one of our great data production partners, Microsoft continues to be another partner that we collaborate quite a bit with. And now I have the answer as to when I see you in person and you have Seattle Seahawks gear, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense because you, you, you adopted our sport of gridiron as it's referred to in a lot of other places outside of the country and you wear Seahawks gear. And it's always fun when I see you, cause then I get to come home and tell my son who, you know, has grown up here, but somehow wackily become a Seahawks fan. Cause I think I took him up there for a weekend when he was young and impressionable and the, the atmosphere at the stadium was such that we were walking after the game back to the hotel and he went I'm a Seahawks fan dad now you know the 49ers they haven't been good since I've been watching football and so you know he's now you know blue and green amidst a whole sea of red and gold here in the Bay Area but uh, at least you guys have that in common which is uh, which is super cool and and it's great to hear about your background and um, interesting that the Windows server is what got you bitten by the storage bug a little bit how did that work was it just because you were working with all the different uh, vendor partners? Really voracious storage managers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember like sitting down at a table one day and uh, um, and then going, "You're not paying us enough attention, Michael. Like we need to be doing more in storage marketing." Yeah. And uh, I was like, "Okay, okay, let's let's do more with storage marketing." And you know, we found the right person and uh, and uh, and sort of you know, it's one of those moments where you sort of. <laughs> I did a lot of work with um, uh, like drive extender back in the windows home server days and essential days. And, you know, that, that then, um, uh, so you sort of get into this, this sort of love of storage and the way sort of storage works and the, the way that storage is sort of sometimes the forgotten tripod when you think about, you know, networking and compute. Um, like it's stool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And so uh, I definitely, you know, very over pivoted it in the windows server world. And I think that benefited our, you know, you know, when I worked for Microsoft definitely benefited our, uh, our capability. And then so I started working in the managed disks space in, in Azure as well, because of that love for storage. So uh, I've always been there both, you know, on-premises and sort of cloud storage, hybrid storage. Um, I love it all. Well, it's a great fit to have you here as well. Pure for eight months. What were your impressions coming in? And now that, you've been, <laughs> now that you've been here eight months, have those held to be rather true? Or was there something good that surprised you? Mm -hmm. uh, or was it one of those things, a lot of times I ask this question on the pod as well for people and go, you know, what did, what did you hear? And then when you came, you know, and you maybe didn't believe, and then you came in and went, oh, okay, that's actually true, right? There's there's a, <laughs> a lot of those interesting stories. Yeah, you know, funny enough, so Pure is the first like OEM that I worked for, like that, that makes hardware. Right. And so that was a... I was like sitting, I remember so I was sitting down going, but I'm a, I'm a software guy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, why would I work for a hardware organization? <laughs> and uh, so that was sort of when I, when I really approached, you know, Pure, I was going through those processes with them. That was my sort of big questions. It was like, what drives, you know, what, you know, what drives the organization? Where's the organization going? Does the organization really have a, a core vision in the way that both hardware and software services play both on-premises and in the cloud and that hybrid space. And it surprised me the answer. 
And, and the answer is why I'm here today is that there is that such dedication into providing both and, and investing in both at a voracious level. Yeah. And so that was so, you know, so good to see, so valuable to see, to say, you know, absolutely, we have the best storage capability with our flash array um, and flash blade services. But in parallel, the amount of investment that are happening across our software stack, but not just our management stack, but our cloud stack um, is just incredible. And that's the, that turns me on because I'm, I'm, you know, a software cloud guy. And so I sort of looked at those two worlds coming together. I was like, wow, that's w- what I want to be. But, uh, and the thing that's, uh, you know, I always, I, <laughs> when I've got, sort of got that first email, they're going, welcome to be, you know, welcome to pure our Puritans. And I was like, oh my God, we're all Puritans. Puritans. <laughs> and, you know, so I turned up and everyone here was amazingly passionate, amazingly friendly and, and were just, you know, the, the enthusiasm was incredible. And I think, you know, the, the startup that pure was has, has com- continued to prevail into, you know, the, the, you know, the, enterprise organization that we're becoming and that's uh that can that continues to surprise me to today that we still have this very you know um shirt you know shirt sleeves up startup mentality let's just go voraciously for you know our customer intimacy and uh and, and even in the highest enterprises now and as again that still surprises me every time i uh, i turn on my computer here. yeah no i love that that ethos is still very apparent and and visible and even just when you you know organically groups of people from different organizations will go off and just say well we need to go do this let's go figure out and there's no corporate red tape or things like that i, I love that that flexibility and the transparency so i'm glad you're identifying that as well and i guess while we're on the subject of the focus around software. Let's go back and just refresh people a little bit on one of the launches that you mentioned earlier uh, that we were involved in, and and that was that was a fusion back in in September. And yeah, you know, I had Anthony Ferrari on, and we we did a really great pod where he kind of dictated everything that was going on in that space. But I want to make sure that you know we set the context for when we're going to talk about Excel a little bit later that people are still aware that this fusion thing is you know, is out there and mm-hmm. is approaching, right? It's it's coming and just remind people, you know, what what the gist was of what we announced and and kind of update maybe on on where we are with things yeah. and what the reaction Absolutely. was. I think it's a great time to do that. So just to remind everyone, sort of pure fusion is sort of that is our sort of self-service autonomous storage as code capability that we sort of build for um, limitless scale. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of marketing words. <laughs> the, I like to think about Fusion in two different ways. Um, I like to think about Fusion as a consumer capability that just enables you to consume storage in a self-service way, exactly how you would consume like compute in Azure or AWS or, or your favorite cloud vendor. Um, it just removes that barrier of, of, provision, of requesting and provisioning storage. And it's not just me doing it with a couple of mouse clicks, which is fantastic, but using APIs. So if I'm using Terraform or or, or even PowerShell, I can just provision storage through the API. And so the idea of this autonomous capability that can just provision storage um, and I get to choose it from a pool of storage, you know, know, the way the cloud works is tiering. I have gold tiers or platinum tiers or capacity tiers. That, that I love that concept and storage, it should be the same. You know, and the, the idea of I get to choose as a consumer, here's the gold 
the tier that's got X amount of throughput or latency and this type of backup, you know, protection or ransomware capabilities, you know, protection. Um, and I just get to choose that and it just makes things so much easier. And I sort of love that concept of the storage as code. But then, then the, the, the flip side is the provider model because to provide that, you need to have the same capability that cloud provides where I can just put all this hardware in and automatically configures into that tier where I can actually start thinking about the world like tiers instead of separate arrays. And so, you know, from a provider perspective, the ability to, you know, create capacity tiers, premium tiers, utilizing different versions of flash array, different versions of cloud block store, different versions of cloud, you know, cloud capability, and then just abstract that from the end user and then have that intelligently automate. So when I add a workload, things just load balance automatically for me because that's where all the pain is. And so that's, you know, that's where I like to think about fusion it just makes things easier like all the pain that storage admins face today in being able to just get home and do what they love to do. This just makes that so much easier. And then they can, they can go, 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 instead of being these gardeners and trying to um, water and, and tend for 30 different species of plants in their garden, they go and they go and they're farmers and they're, they're, these are the five crops that they tend. And they're the five tiers that they, they uh, provision out. I love that approach. And yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're, you know, we, we, we did another great announcement of Fusion in December where we showed the API. We actually showed an API code demo, <laughs> coding on screen, crazy, all right? And uh, just to really showcase how powerful the API is, we're moving into the, the GA um, um, early next, or early this year now, geez. And yeah, um, we are 2022, that's it. Yeah, 2022. So uh, right now you can register for the, uh, for the beta program up on our website um, and work with your uh, your uh, um, pure account manager to, to get access to that. Um, and before you know it, this little thing will be GA out there and um, organizations can start working with Pure on how to deploy it properly. Yeah, really exciting. And I, I love how you articulate both of the audiences, right? Because sometimes these types of mechanisms just get focused on the, the, the gardeners, right? The, the storage admins, exactly. if you will. And, and it's super empowering to them, right? To simplify the, the swivel chair management and all the different things that they need to, to attend to. But I love that you also bring in the notion of the, of the consumers, right? The, the ones that are harvesting the crops, perhaps, if I take your, mm -hmm. your analogy a little bit further, is they don't want to know about storage, but they also don't know and want about the complexity that happens downstream, or they don't want to sit and wait, right? And again, I feel like this is maybe another thing we're solving at the stool because I used to go deal with this on the server side, you know, working with, with clients to set up service catalogs, right? Gold, silver, bronze, whatever. I need compute. I need databases spun up. Now we're taking that whole type of thing so the consumers don't have to worry about it, right? And they, they get what they need when they need it, spin it up, spin it down. I think there's some great tie-ins to Pure as a Service here as well, right? With subscription model-based things. Oh, so yeah. It is, it is super, super exciting to have this now in the bag and, and really just adds more momentum in for what we're seeing in general with Flash Array X and Flash Array C, which just continue to take the market by storm and serve so many 
so many vast use cases. It, it always tickles me when, we, you know, when I see these X plus C kind of things come in where, you know, I'm going to, you know, we've got X for our mission critical for our block. And then, oh, this is a great place to put our non-prod snapshots or the work yeah. we're doing with VMs or, oh gosh, this is also a place where we can, we can do data backups and repositories or with Flashblade. Like the whole portfolio notion is really now starting to click with, with so many different individuals out there. It's really, really exciting to see. Um, let's move on to the other really exciting thing. And really the basis for why I wanted to bring you on here was, was to talk about Flash Array XL. And, yeah. you know, I, I have a little bit of enterprise server in my background. So these sort of mission critical enterprise things always get me really excited. But uh, the, we did the launch in uh, December of XL, really extending the scale, uh, still providing a cloud-like experience around XL. But um, why not? What's what's the backdrop on on Excel? What were we seeing where this was something that we're going to better serve the needs for for particularly in the enterprise? Yeah, you know, we had a lot of customers come back to us and say, "Hey, we want to drive a couple of things here. Um, workload storage consolidation is a big thing for enterprise customers, and uh, you know, we, we heard that they were utilizing many different arrays to be able to sort of." support all these gnarly applications that they, they, they had and they wanted the ability to now consolidate a lot of those applications or consolidate a lot of the storage on, on, on single arrays, bigger iron. Um, and they were looking at our platforms, you know, X70, X90 platforms, and just felt that it, it wasn't quite there. You know, they required probably a couple of different X90s to be able to do that consolidation, uh, that consolidation process. And so we sort of really looked at that and went, all right, how can we change the paradigm here? You know, how can we build uh, a, a aggressive performance target system on new architecture? Um, so we're setting ourselves up for the future um, and the future generation of pure hardware, um, but 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 um, not increase the, the the footprint too much. Like yeah, you can have you can do big iron, but then you've got a massive footprint. You know, you're in that 60, 70, 80 U footprint. So we wanted to keep our footprint really, really low um, and sort of provide that core use case of how do you do enterprise storage workload consolidation for, you know, high performance databases, for modern applications, for VMware solutions, VDI and things like that. That was definitely driving the engineering process for Excel. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and it makes a lot of sense, right? Because being able to go with fewer things to manage and taking up less space. I mean, the, the ratios are out, are outstanding, right? And again, as an enterprise server nerd in my background, when I look at things like what we do now in five rack units versus the equivalent products that are out there on the market that are like taking up two whole racks. And, mm -hmm. and then you extrapolate that further to, all right, how many kilowatts of power are you driving to, to run those big, large things versus, you know, something that's only taken up five RU, you start getting into some really interesting conversations around, you know, ESG, right. Environmental needs, which almost oh, yeah. every company is out there and cares about right now. It's, it's, it's really a great, a great uh, move forward. Uh, and there's two models, right? So we've got, we've got an XL 130 and 170 yep. capacity, capacity differences in there. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So we have the, the XL 130s 3.53 uh, petabytes and the XL 170s um, 5.5 petabytes. Um, and so uh, they've got some, um, 
And that's using, you know, that's with our, our our data reduction ratio and also right. guaranteed by our Evergreen Storage Program. And you're going to think like the some of these things are amazing, like some of the figures behind them. You talked about that these, you know, when we think about the uh, our 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 RU design. Now our RU design for the XL was a, a five U base chassis, right? That could um, uh, accommodate up to 40, um, 40 drives and offers nine PC. Uh, PCIe slots as well. So we didn't sort of, because we did, you know, not just because we went smaller, it, we didn't actually like lose things out of here. Right, right. We, we did a lot of different architectural changes uh, across this. I mean, some of the figures are crazy. You know, we have an, um, if you think of like the, the full 11 U system, right, right, where, where we can actually support the, the, um, the, the extended shelves. Um, we can deliver 150 microsecond latency, 36 gigabytes a second of through, throughput, you know, up to, you know, as I was talking about, up to like nearly 5.78 petabytes effective capacity in the high level XXL70 um, process as well. Um, and we do it faster and cooler than we've had it done before in the X90. In fact, we have a 50% greater throughput and a 60% greater capacity of the XL versus our X90 series. So it's a significant um, configuration difference. Yeah, and I, I just think in terms of the, the large capacities that some of these mission critical databases are hitting right now, whereas 10 years ago, we were maybe talking in, you know, barely getting into the terabytes, you're now talking mm. hun hundreds of, or even much larger. And so if you can take the data reduction ratios, you can take the environmental specs, uh, that are great from a budgeting standpoint, right? We can go in and say, well, we can reduce about 86% of your environmental burden and cost, but mm -hmm. also fewer things for, for your admins to have to maintain and manage. So there's a staffing advantage. It's just kind of a win-win when you're looking at, you know, large scale consolidation. And well, I wouldn't put it up to just like one database as well. It's, you know, the kind of thing that we've proven over time where you can go and mix workloads and still have the same level of response time, the same level of throughput, uh, you know, the availability that's provided because you can upgrade with Evergreen, right? I mean, there's, you know, I, I always look at when you bring out a new platform, there's always a worry by people that too much is going to change. And certainly there were things that were done architecturally that are really, really interesting in terms of the modules and, and, and the way the drives are done. But I always look at the things that haven't changed, right? And have we have we preserved like the pure heritage oh and all those great things? And 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 the engine, I mean, kudos to the engineering team and and the art, you know, how it was architected, because all those things were preserved and you've still got purity and you've got pure one. Like it's just more goodness, but it really meets a need for some of these larger enterprises that are plagued by not enough space and and too much power. It's it it's a beautiful thing. I mean, absolutely kudos to the engineering team because they they architecturally changed a lot. Right? Yeah. I mean, they yeah. you know they they took the the NVRAM like you know, if you think about our X90, it's got four NVRAM um, um, modules, and they went, hey, we don't want those anymore. We actually want to put the NVRAM on drive. So they went from four to forty, <laughs> and, and so we had to re-architect the way that you know our purity system works with those to ensure that it just looks and feels exactly um, like every other um, X series we have associated with that. So that's sort of, sort of the direct flash module mm -hmm. um, architecture. I think is one of the most significant. Um, uh, architectural um, updates within that because then that that enabled us to put like 50% more cores in it to put more cooling fans in it so we can run it you know faster run it um, with these cooling fans to provide that performance while keeping that density down but as you mentioned like our big focus here was to ensure that it exact had the exact same experience as any 
other of our X series. And in fact, the same you know configuration capability of an X10 is the same thing you do in X not with a, with an, with an XL. The way you deploy it, you, the way you install it, the way you manage it, it's exactly the same. I, I think uh, you know that's a, a, a super um, uh, a, a super interesting and a uh, uh, and a, a promise that we wanted to make in the entire XX X series that uh, we didn't want to have these multiple different management paradigms. Which takes us almost full circle to when you talked at the outset about being a self software guy, because so much yes. of this is so much of this is manifested and, and able to be accomplished via what can be done with purity and can be done with the software architecture. Yes, there's a bunch of things that we do on the hardware side, but keeping that continuity is is all about having that really great software framework. Uh, it's just it's fantastic stuff. Um, use cases we've dabbled, we've talked about a few of them. I think some of the early indications and, and really exciting, of course, is, is that there's going to be some, some, you know, pretty definitive, I mean, Oracle already oh, yeah. we've seen, and we can't mention, you know, customer names, but we're, you know, if you're out there, if you're out there and your customer is struggling with a lot of Oracle databases spread across a whole bunch of different arrays that are either legacy or hybrid or take up a lot of space. This is, this is right now, one of the use cases that we're seeing happen just over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and the, the feedback comes in. Well, we were talking about five or six X90s, and now it's two XLs with replication, uh, you know, active cluster. Oh, wait, software, turn it on, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, it, and it's just a beautiful thing. So Oracle is one. What else do you see? Obviously, the usual suspects, SQL, um, SAP, VMware. I mean, yeah. any, any really you know, demanding mission critical workload, um, you know, that, that fits the latency profile, that fits the, the, the throughput profile. That's what we designed it for. And we're definitely seeing a lot of investment in Oracle and SQL, um, and especially the consolidation of those, um, a, you know, and then in VMware, you know, I can see like more users per workload from a VMware perspective, hosting VMware infrastructure, VDI infrastructure. I think we're seeing, you know, a lot of early interest in that, um, and then, you know, as I mentioned, SAP HANA, you know, we're, we're working with a number of customers now that, uh, are looking at, um, how they're supporting, um, their SAP solutions, you know, on a smaller footprint, um, you know, less cooling, less power, less management. It's a win-winner all the way around. Well, and that's also one where the users are very demanding, right? I mean, the workload itself is demanding, but it almost takes us back to Fusion, right? Where you've got these uh, these SAP basis admins who are super demanding and when they don't get what they need, it's frustrating. And it a lot of times comes down to storage. So I think there's going to yeah. be interesting, you know, Fusion plus Excel synergy when we get out to that point. It, yeah, I think it makes I, a lot of sense. Totally agree. I mean, we, we, we designed these things together. We So we designed Excel to be the top tier performance tier of fusion. So when we think about those crops again, um, you know, I'm going to have a capacity crop, um, which is going to be my barley, <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to have, you know, this, this high performance uh, avocado crop, <laughs> um, you know, which, and that's going to be, uh, Excel is designed for that. So uh, it gives you the ability with fusion to actually just easily implement an X, uh, you know, a set of Excel arrays for your, your, um, high performance tier, your, your X series for maybe your premium, your performance tiers, your standard tiers, um, C for your capacity tiers. You can integrate cloud block store in there for glacial tiers and other capacity tiers. I think it's a, uh, this, this marriage now between the flash array hardware, CVS, and even flash blade hardware, um, and fusion, um, 
it is going to be amazing. I think this is the next evolution of, of our pure management storage capability. Yeah, it's it's super, super exciting. Um, last thing before I let you go, how much fun did you guys have doing the launch? I know launches are grueling and tons of work, but I sat and I watched effectively what was a really entertaining TV program. Yeah, you know, that was, that, well, right? that, that was what it conceived of. And then you even yeah. did, you even brought back some of the really fun, pure, you know, Larry Touche, <laughs> a module, like everybody, like, hard, right. my Slack blew up on that. Everybody said, oh my yeah, gosh, Larry yeah. is sniffing the drive and like smell that flash. Oh, like that. you guys had so much fun with that launch. I, I just, you know, thank you for that. I, I loved it. You know, we had, we had a lot of fun. Like we started back in September um, with the, uh, the original launch, um, and uh, that was super fun when we sort of, we, we, we played around with the idea with that launch that we, we wanted to sort of showcase a bit of pain. So we did this cool zany video where you open the door and you just see the data center on fire. <laughs> and that started that passion again, you know, that, again, that, that startup passion saying, you know what, like work can be fun, you know, and, and you know, we, we, we do very professional, very, you know, uh, uh, very hard things, but it can be fun and we can have a little bit of fun in the way that uh, we're describing our technologies out there. And we wanted to bring that into the Excel launch because, you know, Excel is hardware. We're like, how do we do a hardware? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, do we do a real robotic? I'm like, no, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's get some, you know, so the, I, I love the unboxing video. I think it's probably the, my most favorite um, video that uh, we've done here at Pure. And, uh, um, you know, like the, the the Pulp Fiction scene when they open the box and the, 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 the glowing, the glowing. <laughs> and just things like that. But, you know, again, kudos to the people that we have at Pure. I mean, they love their job and you can see that through the, the passion and things like that. I mean, you don't get people sniffing drives and <laughs> making jokes about, uh, about crazy dad jokes that, uh, you know, that aren't into their job. So, um, yeah, had a heap of fun. And, you know, we've got, we've we started planning fusion and with the idea of, Hey, we want to take a little bit more fun, but let's take a little bit more persona fun in the sense that let's bring developers in, let's bring LOB owners in and actually have them as part of the demo series and do something a little bit more, you know, showcasing value, but also a little bit more fun with them as well, because we all, you know, we all speak different languages, you know, yeah. DevOps, <laughs> Dev, line of business, storage, IT. I, and we want to sort of have a bit of play around with that. So it's going to be fun to see what happens during the Yeah, it was outstanding. Well, I mean, great things ahead. And, and for anybody out there listening, if you want to find out more about uh, Flash Array XL, head to purestorage.com slash Flash Array XL altogether. There's a nice vanity URL that is set up. For that. You can do the same on Flash Array. And there's Michael's dog announcing that it's uh, the early afternoon. I've got my cat swirling around my feet right now. It must be about lunchtime here uh, in California for the cats. But um, any anything else to plug for yourself personally or other places where people can go to find more information. I know we've retained some of that launch content out there. So, um, you know, we encourage folks to go out at least just to watch the unboxing video. Cause that's super fun. But, uh, what else, what else to plug? Yeah. Purestorage.com whack launch. If you go to there, you can actually access all the really cool stuff there. And um, Rob was talking about the Excel page, make sure you hit the fusion page up as well. Um, and then also, um, 
you know, really our next real investment is going to be in our code and flash communities. So make sure you're starting to navigate through those because you're going to start seeing in February us invest really hard, especially around the API side of Fusion into that code community and then the provider side of Fusion within that flash and, and that sort of flash community as well. And so you can learn more about like tenant spaces and how all the architecture actually integrates in. So, yeah, please visit those and... Um, and, you know, that's a 24 by 7 system. So, yeah, I put a, put a question in there. We'll answer it. Fantastic. Hey, Michael. Great awesome. time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks very as, much, Matt. As you jokingly said before, when you got pushed into marketing, you're a talker, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Never, that's a... It's always going to be my bane. That's right. You know, I, I'm the guy who sits behind the microphone doing podcasts, so I think I, I have the same the same bane of existence out there. But somehow people tolerate me doing this, and uh, I appreciate you coming on today and spending time. Let's do it again soon when there's some new news to uh, to talk about. Maybe when we get to that Fusion GA, we can uh, we can detail a little bit more and maybe pull Anthony on again and uh, just riff on how we're seeing people use that and how the beta stuff went. That would be kind of fun follow up. Sweet. I'd love to. Thanks very much. Awesome. Well, take care out there and stay safe. And everybody else out there listening, stay safe. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Pure Report. Please keep sharing with colleagues and send in your feedback to purereport at purestorage.com. And we will keep the great topics and the great guests like Michael coming on to the program. And with that, we will wrap for Pure Storage. And Michael Lee Worthy, this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you.